What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Capitol Hill Podcast, the Redskins podcast for the people, by the people. Um, we're in quarantine here in Victoria. Just got some eating some bomb ass pizza. Um, I'm joined here by Chris, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Sophie, Emma. Everybody's in the house tonight. Um, like I said, just ate some bomb ass pizza, sitting around having a good time, talking to each other. I'm ready to talk some Redskins football. How are you feeling, Chris? Yeah, party. It's kind of weird being in person, man. I don't know if I'll enjoy being this close to you, but we're going to try to figure it out as we go along. <laughs> Just don't call for me, please. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I'm clean. Yeah, me and Chris actually getting a chance to record with each other for the first time. I uh, didn't really see that coming, but uh, we'll definitely take advantage of it. Um, he's actually home from Tech right now. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, man. So... I'm sure everyone's kind of caught up on it, but pretty much every college in America is shutting down, and I just so happen to go to one that is forcing us to take online classes. So I'm not really done with college, but I am pretty much home until next fall. But yeah, it's a weird adjustment, but... I yeah, think- I've never recorded with somebody like in person before, so it's like it's, it's just kind of different jitters, to be honest with you, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, um, you know, I, lucky you, you don't have to freaking... I, I still got to go to work, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, I went and did a bunch of stuff recently, went to the Milwaukee Bucks game, went to some concerts. Um, I was actually supposed to go to a concert yesterday and that was canceled. So this whole coronavirus thing, man, is just, it, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I, I, another thing is I feel like everybody just kind of got the flu or, or some form of it. And, and everybody's also kind of starting to get over it here recently too. So just, I saw people speculating, Oh, well, did, did I have the coronavirus? It's like, no, but I understand that all, everybody in the sports world, especially taking precautions, you know. MLB got delayed, NBA's on hiatus, XFL suspended, which that probably wasn't going to make it halfway through the year anyway. <laughs> um, there's also rumors, or at least speculation, that the NFL draft's going to be postponed. I, do you really think that that's a good idea, or do you feel like that's necessary? Or, Well, I mean, I think like this would be an event, just like every other event. I mean, no one wanted March Madness to be canceled. No one wanted the, you know, forgot to mention March Madness. Yeah, I can tell you I'm hurt. By, by all of this, man. It's, it's been tough, but it's not really like if it's a... Would you have gotten to comment at those games? Or commentate at those games? No. No. That, that's that's big boy stuff. That's not me. That's oh, not, come on. That's above my pay grade. Give yourself more credit no. than that. Oh, you'd yeah. at least been able to do like a feature or a spot or something. No. No, no, no. But yeah, earlier I was talking about, when we were talking about the draft, I was like, you know, I don't, as much as I wouldn't mind it being like live on Facebook, live on ESPN from like a remote location and teams just giving everything digitally, you can't really take those moments away from those guys. They've worked their whole life to walk across that stage, get that jersey, and shake Goodell's hand. So I, I can't I can't take that away from him. And I don't blame them for not wanting to take it away from him. And, you know, the, the scouts like me initially weren't really too worried about it either because they said, you know, technology and everything. You know, if you want to talk to a guy, you can FaceTime him. But like... I know we talked about him a lot last week. One of the guys that was most hurt by all this was definitely Tua. I mean, his pro day was quintessential. I mean, that was when he was going to really, you know, open some eyes and talk to some people in person about where he was going to possibly go. I know we were supposed to be there for sure, so. But a lot of pro days canceled as well, so it it definitely made the world stand still for sure. Um, It's been weird, you know, and everyone's forcing to kind of adjust on the fly and, and make things work and make things happen. It's definitely nothing like anyone's ever I've really never seen experienced anything like yet, no, and I think these leagues don't even really know what to do right now, and they're all just trying to figure it out, but, you know, as much as everything sucks that's happening, as much as, you know, we all want to watch March Madness, and, and things could be not as great as, you know, if, if this wouldn't have happened, it's kind of the safe thing to do, and you kind of have to do it, so you understand the decision, but you, you kind of have to, punches. like, yeah, you kind of have to, like, just roll with it, and, and, um, just kind of like handle that adversity. So it's going to be interesting how this all plays out, what what consequences come <coughs> from it, me. from a lot more than just what we see right now with cancellations and everything. So. Well, I mean, speaking of cancellations, I got to give credit, the Redskins a lot of credit here. They were actually like, I think the first team to really speak out and say that they were canceling all team-related activities, travel. They had a conference that day. I think it was either Thursday or Friday. Um, they also canceled 30 pre-draft visits as well. Um, and then everybody in the league kind of started to follow the trend. And just around the world, everybody kind of started canceling things like simultaneously. But um, one thing about this, like you said, since everybody has rolled the punches, um, people are possibly discussing a two-week delay on the league year, and uh, they're saying that they could possibly delay free agency. That was confirmed today that the new league year is going to start on time. But it's it's certainly fun to speculate. Do you think that a possible two-week delay to the league year would help or hurt it? Or well, you know, I think <clears throat> I think it would make sense honestly because you think these uh these meetings with the draftees and meeting with free agent uh players. You know, those are getting pushed back, so it would make sense to push the league year back, too, because hopefully you try to avoid those consequences that could come from not having those meetings, so you push the league hey. year back. However, that sets another domino effect off, and that affects other things and other things. And, I mean, this is like 
a big deal. I don't know if we're going to be over this in two weeks. You know yeah, what I mean? like, yeah. As, I mean, everybody's everyone... kind of underselling it. Some people are underselling a lot, thinking that it's a lot of media-driven, and everybody can have their own take as to how it happened or how long it's going to take or vice versa. But, I mean, I don't think people would be taking all these precautions unless it was a pretty serious thing. that's the thing. biggest thing is it, it could plateau out, but I don't know if everyone's going to be okay with resuming life how it was, you know, the big crowds again. I don't think you're just going to snap your fingers one day and everything's going to be back to normal. I think it's, it's going to take some weeks. adjustment. I don't think two weeks is... I, I mean, two as, weeks. as much as I hate it saying, I think everyone would love for this to be over tomorrow, you know, you know by the next weekend. I think the repercussions from it are going to last longer than two weeks. You know, we could definitely see it on the decline, this, you know, panic on the decline, but I don't think you're going to see just normal life. No, I mean, weeks. people are canceling, like, concerts and events in June, July. It's yeah. just like... Luckily, we haven't been affected by that. We got a bunch of stuff we're going to go to this summer. But luckily, you know, it's just, I, I don't know, man. Like you said, it's, I don't think it's something that's just going to go away overnight like some people are making it sound. And, you know, it with the whole two-week thing in the league, I, I feel like there's a lot of dead time in between the end of the season and the beginning of the next season that, that like, where we really don't have a lot to talk about and there's really not nothing going on anyway. So what what what's it hurt to schedule it back another two weeks? You know. Yeah, I mean, I understand how like we could feel that way, but Astron Rivera, if he feels like it's been a pretty quiet off season. Yeah, very true. Very I mean true. that you these guys, you know, especially like new coaches, kind of how like Rivera's working with right now. It's a lot more than just waiting until free agency starts, waiting until the draft starts. Yeah, I mean, we're all that it's it's a lot of stuff that goes behind the scenes that. You know, these guys need to prepare for and that two weeks could do a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I, one of the situations I feel like this could really, really help out with is the Trent Williams situation. I I think we were both in agreement when you got here. You know, once we sat down and ate and kind of talked about it, that we're so tired of talking about this guy. I'm I, sure I, everyone's <laughs> tired of listening. Honestly. Yeah, I, I love Trent Williams to death. I, I'll never forget what he did for the Redskins. Uh, he has a legacy here. But, man, is this, is this the most drawn-out situation humanly possible? So last time we recorded, um, I think it was right when or right after, very close to when the Redskins uh, gave him permission to seek a trade. Um, you know, everybody knows he's a longtime holdout, uh, you know, longtime star for the team, didn't play for us last season, wanted more money, had gripes with the coaching staff. We got rid of all those variables, and he still seems like he doesn't want to come back here. I guess he just wants a fresh start. That's cool. And, you know, I, I understand that. You know, he wants to go get a chip. I, I can't fault him for that, and he wants to be guaranteed money. I mean, Look what happened to Earl Thomas a couple years ago. I mean, shit happens. People get hurt. It is what it is. So, But the biggest thing to me with the whole Trent Williams legacy is what I'm going to start calling it is that if he really wants to leave and, you know, he really doesn't want to be a Redskin anymore, you would think that he would take the first available route out of it. I mean, you can't blame the Redskins for wanting to get compensation for a, a player of that caliber when, you know, they went without a left tackle last year. You know, what we're going to get out of this entire thing is – is whatever we get when we trade for him. I mean, last year we didn't get play out of him, and look what happened to Dwayne Haskins. The dude was getting just completely assaulted in the pocket. So I, for me, the the people that can afford, and I don't blame for being picky and peculiar about, you know, what they seek is the Redskins because, I mean, they're getting compensation for trading a player that's, you know, been one of the cornerstones of our team for the last 10 seasons. So apparently the Jets offered us two third rounders for Trent Williams. Um, I don't know what – either side stances on that right now, but I do know that it, it was on the table. I don't know if the Redskins turned it down or Williams' salary, which has apparently been a very big concern, has been coming into it as well. But, I mean, would turn Williams to the Jets is a good move. I mean, we looked at their cap space a little while ago. I think it was a little bit over $40 million. I mean, I'm sure Quinn Williams agrees that the Jets need more weapons. But um, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on the whole Trent Williams situation? Do you think that he's going to bump it? So who, if, if you had to pick a side as to who you think is going to cave first, do you think that the Redskins are going to cave on what they're asking for him? Or do you think that he's willing to put his salary down a little bit lower so that a team would probably be more willing to trade for him? I think the longer this goes on, the more this falls in Trent's favor. I think the Skins are going to get more desperate because they want that cap space to go out and attack other free agents. And I think it is easy to say that it's certain Trent won't be back next year and we're going to be in search of a left tackle. So I don't think we're worried about, oh, is he going to come back? Do we need to look for one? Like, we're, we need to look for one. But the cap space, knowing uh, who we can attack in free agency and showing that potential free agent, look, this is our cap space. This is what we can pay you instead of it all being just kind of like hypothetical. Now, with the $20 million he wants per year, someone's going to pay him. And we talked about this last week. Somebody's going to pay him, but there's no way in hell it's going to be us. And I think it... It's, just, it's time to like get him out the door. And like yeah. I said, the longer this goes on, 
the less in favor this is of the Redskins. Absolutely. I mean, he's got us wrapped around his finger, and, and everything's almost on his terms. But I, I, I really can't fault the Redskins for wanting at least a second rounder for him. And, I mean, that'd be perfect. I mean, you know, everybody knows we used our second rounder for this season in the trade to trade up for uh, Montez Sweat early in the, uh, late in the first round last year. And uh, everybody knows, and Ron Rivera said it was certainly a burden that, you know, he didn't have that second round this year. So to be able to get that back would be more than ideal. And I feel like that's what the Redskins had in mind, and I don't blame them for thinking that way. And, you know, you look around the league, and I understand, like you told me earlier, you know, Trent's an older guy, he's 32 years old, and, you know, I mean, he, he he's had some injury bugs, and he has had problems staying on the field. But, you know, you see guys like Laramie Tunsil getting a king's ransom over there. And, and you know, Trent is sitting there thinking, well, why not me? Look what everything I've done for this organization. Look how loyal I've been to this organization. I I deserve to get paid what I deserve to get paid, and I, and I don't blame him for feeling that way. But at the same time, I want just as much of a change of scenery and all this just as much as he does. And I just feel like him asking for what he's asking for now is just another roadblock or another obstacle that we're going to have to hurdle. And, you know... Yeah, we got another draft pick this year with that fourth rounder. I think it was compensatory pick is what I want to say it was. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we got we, we have seven picks again. But, I mean, having that second rounder is pretty vital. And I think if we were able to deal Trent for that, it'd be a win-win for both sides. We'd have, you know, all seven picks, eight. What's that one I was just talking about? And, you know, then we, we'd get Trent out of town, have $72 million in cap space. But, you know, it just – both sides are at kind of a standstill, and it, it's it's becoming really discouraging. Yeah, we talked about the desperation factor kind of coming into play with the Redskins, and as long as this goes on, the more desperate we get. And the Jets did offer the two third-round picks, and I think one thing that, you know, people hear that, they're third-round pick, you know, there's no talent in the third round. Uh, one of those third-rounders, though, is the 68th pick, which is the fourth overall in that round that they got from the Giants. And so you could almost say, like, that's just kind of like a late, a really late second round. Like, so, and I think, like, Technicality. That, yeah, so, like, we talk about desperation, and that – might be what it comes down to well, is getting I mean, those two three third rounders and saying, ah, it's almost well, like I mean, we got a late second. You also have to include our third rounder, and you have to think, you know, maybe there's a team in the second round that would be willing to trade up with us for those two third round picks. If they don't like what they got in this on their board, and you know they're willing to trade down. Then you know, I mean, there's so much you can do with those three overall, you know, third round picks. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the, the the possibilities are endless. So honestly, I, I if I were the Redskins and they offered me two thirds for Trent, I would have already done it. I but like I said, the biggest issue here. It is really becoming Trent and what he's asking for salary-wise. As much as we can sit here and say teams want to give it to him, it's kind of a lot like the Quentin Dunbar situation where, like, you know, they have these demands and, and they have this sort of, like, entitlement. I, hate, I know it's a bad word, but entitlement that they can go somewhere else and get this money and it's, and it's going to be just as easy as humanly possible. But then once it comes time to do these things, you know, there's really no bidders. So I, I'm sure there is somebody that would be willing to pay for Trent, but I just don't I don't see him getting that salary that he desires unless he goes to a team that's either really desperate or he's willing to take a pay cut. Uh, and it's and not, I, that's not me saying he's a bad player. It's just that's a lot of money for a left tackle, you know? Yeah, and, and it, it is a lot of money, and there's not a lot of teams that will pay for it, but Trent Williams is – a elite caliber left tackle and and I guarantee you there's going to become someone desperate enough who who doesn't get that left, Absolutely. who doesn't get that big name left tackle in the draft like they were hoping for that loses the battle in free agency and it comes down to it like they're going to they're going to pay him and it may come um you know later rather than sooner and who and knows cool what type of compensation like it's just it's just a weird it's a weird spot being in just because we need to get him out of town. Shipped out. Out of town. You know, get turned out. Get out. And I think the the type of people who would be trading for him are people who kind of like like last resort almost. Like, yeah, it's like, like he's almost like sure. he's like an insurance policy rather than a building block. That's right. Like he's kind of a piece that you want to add on to maybe like a New England if they don't like what they got going after the draft or you know I, I could see her name teams all day long. I mean everybody wants a qual. And I'm not I, saying a draft talent is a Trent Williams talent, but yeah, you got you know, the fin- the financial part of it. You know if we could sign a rookie on a rookie deal, left tackle, and save all this money and, and put it somewhere else that might be more worth it than putting 20 mil into this, you know, 32-year-old left tackle. Absolutely. That might not even pan out. I mean, he just, you know, you could say, like, oh, he's healthy because he took a year away from football. Well, he might be out of shape. That's and, what, I mean, but he's probably, hey, man, he's posting videos of him boxing. I mean, yeah, that he's well, that, been, that's not football. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cool, fast hands, that's great and all. And I'm not saying that Trent isn't in shape, but, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, he's been out of football for a year. There's definitely some, some bad things behind that. I mean, remember Donald Penn. Uh, we signed him. He played in Tampa Bay the season four. Looked like he was going to retire. He comes into camp just out of shape as hell. I mean, he worked himself back to it. But I mean, you know, there's no telling what Trent's been doing with all his free time. I mean, every time I see Trent doing something, he's at Vegas with Deshaun Jackson or talking somewhere. I I, I never see him working out. In fact, him boxing was the first time I've seen him do any sort of physical activity since the year prior. So I 
I don't know. We we can't really say what Trent's been doing with all of his time. I mean, I'm glad he's spending time with his kids and he's finally prioritizing his family and his future. I'm happy for him. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just lick this dude's boots because he played good for us for a long time. At the end of the day, this is a business. Trent's got to get out of town, and I want that $72 million in salary cap. Point blank cut, period. Absolutely. We can go back and forth all day long about what he's worth and everything, but bottom line is he's not giving us any production right now, and he offers nothing to you us. you got to so get value out of him. Getting exactly. anything, exactly, is, is a positive for us. So, <laughs> in the Trent Williams ordeal, man, good things are coming, whether it's two third-rounders, second-round player, whatever it is, it's better than what we got. Just do something at this point, because at the end of the day, I, I get tired of having this recurring conversation. It's news, and we're going to always have to talk about news, but at the end of the day, uh, the faster he gets out of here, this is better for both sides. So. Absolutely. Speaking of disgruntled player, let's talk a little bit about the CBA. Um, I don't really want to talk get much into it, but I'm, I'm just glad that something happened and they finally came into agreement about the whole damn thing. We get labor, labor peace for another decade. And, and quite frankly, this really only affects the smaller players in the NFL. And, you know, you're going to see people like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, everybody complaining all over Twitter and saying, oh, well, over, over such and such amount of players didn't even get to vote on the CBA. You know, I I could care less about it, to be quite frank with you. I mean, I, I'm glad that there's another game on the season. Um, I, I mean, do you really care much about this whole CBA situation? I, I mean, it's news, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's... It doesn't affect you or me. It's more so affects the players. I mean, you're going to see all these players like putting out statements about it. But, I mean, the only reason that I even mention the CBA is because this, now that this is cleared, we can kind of move forward with things that affect the Redskins. Like, for example, Eric Flowers is possibly getting an extension. We can finally start working on that. Um, I watched a lot of film of Eric Flowers this offseason and, you know, recently actually too. Um, apparently, um, he only allowed two sacks, um, played close to a 1,000 snaps, and um, – I, I just hope we can get a deal done, man. I mean, he's really somebody that I think we came in, plugged him in there at left guard, and he, he turned his career into a complete what, – what what was a complete joke into just – he was a pretty solid building block for the offensive line, especially left guard. So, um, But hopefully the team's trying to get a deal done for free agency. Uh, do you, what do you, how do you feel about bringing Eric Flowers back? Well, I think we definitely need him back. You know, we just had the conversation about losing Trent, and um, we have another guard that seems to be secured for the time being. But – Everything else is kind of a question mark, and we really need to solidify some point, some part of this team in order to attack our necessities moving forward in free agency and in the draft. So locking down a guy like Eric Flowers, who proved to us this past season that he could be, you know, a, maybe a future Pro Bowler, at least an everyday starter, you know, solid, you know, guard in there. Like you, get, you, you got to extend the man, and and um, if it comes to his side of the deal, whether he wants to stay in D.C. or not. Um, my main focus on that was, I mean, look what he did in New York. Like he was, he was joking, a joke, joking man. the town, I, man. And I think if nothing else, maybe <laughs> one player in maybe the history of the franchise correlates success or at least his personal success with the Washington Redskins, and and maybe that's just loyalty to the team who gave him a and, chance. And, and I think and that's what I think that's what's going to come down to. I know Bill Callahan's out of the building now. Kevin O'Connell's out of the building now. A lot of those guys on the coaching staff that really gave him a chance aren't really there anymore. But I feel like Eric Flowers kind of had a, built a redemption story here in D.C., and I feel like, like you just said, he feels like he owes it to the Redskins to stay here and kind of become a part of that core unit and, and, and you know, just kind of – hopefully he can be your 10, 15 years, man. That, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I want us to have an all-around stable offensive line. And, you know, speaking of a stable offensive line, uh, we went ahead and locked down – probably the most noteworthy story of the week, by the way. We went ahead and locked down right guard Brandon Scherf. Um, we tagged him with a non-exclusive franchise tag, which I really didn't know about until me and Chris did a little bit of digging on it. So tell us a little bit more about that, Chris. So pretty much with the non-inclusive uh, tag, he can talk to other teams in order to maybe like work out a trade agreement or something. Um, however, the Redskins have the ability to match that offer. And if they decide if they to, choose not to. If they decide <laughs> to decline and, and not match the offer of which another team could be offering Sheriff, that team then owes the Skins two of their first-round draft picks. Which, which is like absolutely insane. Whatever's above a King's ransom is, is that. Yeah, so I think what this is doing, and honestly, I think this might have been the best bet because, you know, we will be paying him roughly about $16 million this year. You know, that's about it's only going to go up, though, each tag. time he gets tagged, which right. is definitely concerning. But we don't have to worry about it until this time next year. So, we, you know, 16 mil, you know, like that's kind of like maybe a little more than we wanted to pay. However, you don't want to lose him. Like that's last case scenario. You, you don't want to lose him. So what this kind of does is it almost prevents anyone from taking Unless you want him more than we do. But which I mean, is <laughs> I mean, good Lord, though, if we're getting two first rounds for him, that could, I mean, pay dividends. And Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know... It'd be okay to lose Sheriff, but 
if we're getting two first round picks in return, definitely not a loss. You're definitely getting. Oh, yeah. You're making your worth back. Oh for yeah. Sure. So so I th- I think this scenario is likely impossible, and he will definitely be playing in the burgundy well, gold for the entire 2020 season. But it is very interesting to learn this and just to think about maybe the possibilities moving forward. I think that the whole Trent thing, like we were just discussing, really gave the Redskins kind of like almost, even though it's not over yet, like a PTSD of sorts. Like they're, they're doing this to cover their ass. And like it's, Brandon really can't go anywhere unless a team just willing to like just offer everything they've got for him. And you know, I, I as, as good as Brandon Sheriff is, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and and maybe just in the contract negotiations when they said, "Hey, we're going to tag you, but you have the ability to talk to other teams." Maybe that's just that little bit of leeway where he doesn't feel so handcuffed that he's gonna, you know, yeah, making him like feel Trent. like he's a little bit more free than he yeah, is. That's right. And, and you when know, it, when in actuality, no one's coming to get him. Yeah, dude, no, no one's coming to get you. You know, uh, kind of stranded like Tom Hanks, but um. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, another thing about him is that, you know, he's been very productive for us, three-time Pro Bowler, but, I mean, he has had some injury bugs, I will say that. You know, he, he's been a great player for us ever since 2015, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to say that, you know, it's that'd be a justified reason letting him walk, but, I mean, you know, the thing, it, it, it's good to know that we have it all laid on the line, that if he does go, we know exactly who we're getting for him. It's, it's the exact opposite of the Trent Williams situation, but I can't fault this Kyle Smith in this front office for not wanting to lose Trent Williams and Brandon Scherf in the same offseason. That would be absolutely catastrophic. Dwayne Haskins would probably decide to sit out the damn year, too, because the only person you need to have blocking for him is Morgan Moses and Eric Flowers, and I just <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that situation. Well, supposedly some of the stuff I found about Sheriff's um, whole contract negotiations everything is that the former front office, before we had this whole Carolina to D.C. Uh, action, was they offered him $13, a salary of $13. I mean, shoot. Uh, $13 million per year. Uh, Yeah, he would definitely leave us $13. But um, $13 per year, um, and then he wasn't down for that, which is understandable. He wants not Zach Martin money, but better than Zach Martin money. Absolutely, and and they said like 13 mil, which is what, you know, the former front office was um, talking to him about is, is, is almost what he made in his last year of his rookie deal. So I mean, obviously, everyone that comes in knows the rookie deal is going to be cheaper than yeah. than anyone else. And, and you want to you want to make more money there, especially when you have the type of seasons that Brandon Sheriff had. Yeah, absolutely. And also another good point about this is, um, a lot of players are really hesitant to sign these long term deals because of the uncertainty of the no collective bargaining. Money. Yeah, with the, with the league and, and and what it is is, the league isn't, you know. They're not stating exactly what they want to do moving forward, whether that's, you know, extra games or what, what type of policies they're ensuing and everything. And I don't know exactly how that says, well, I don't want to play for the Redskins because it's league-wide, but that's actually causing a lot of players not to sign long-term. So I don't know if this whole ordeal with uh, Sheriff is necessarily – he doesn't know if he wanted to come to the well, Redskins I mean, yeah, the, or the, just uncertainty with the league in itself, and he didn't want to sign a contract. Well, yeah. and Long-term I, it, deal with something he was unsure about. Yeah, his agent's not going to scare him into that. And, I mean, he wants to be Washington Redskins. He's made that blatantly clear. But like you said with the CBA, you know, players, even though it, it got passed and it's still like a 500-page document and, and there's, all, there's no telling what kind of quips – and little things that could affect players when it comes to their contract and long-term money down the road. So, I mean, I don't blame Scherf for not wanting to commit right now. I mean, that's his choice. So, I mean, the team did what they had to do. He did what he had to do. And hopefully later down the road, hopefully before the 2020 season, they can come to a contract. But as of right now for the 2020 season, you know, he's he's franchise tagged. But yeah, and I don't, I don't think this is like it's, – it's nice, though, because he's made a point that he didn't want to be tagged. And even though this says franchise tag, it's almost not even a franchise tag because of that whole little, you know – um, inclusiveness or whatever with, you know, he can talk to other teams. So I think this is honestly best case scenario. Yeah, for, for, the, for the Redskins, absolutely. For, for what's him, going on between them. And, I mean, he's and getting guaranteed money. So like how mad can he possibly be? Yeah. You know, I mean, he wants to be a Redskin. He wants to get his contract guaranteed. I understand that. Hopefully the both sides can work towards that this year. But then the end of the day, there's no, there's no love lost here. Maybe between him and the Redskins, maybe he's butthurt about it. But like, I don't know. I, I just get this underlying feeling that maybe, you know, when it comes to the whole brand sheriff situation that, it could it, it feels like the early stages of what happened with Trent. I just hope that, you know, that they're keeping Brandon happy. They're letting him, you know, know what's going on. And I just hope both sides can reach an agreement sooner rather than later. So, But uh, speaking of the CBA affecting teams, uh, since the new CBA got passed uh, this morning, I think it was like a 1,000-something votes, like 960-something, so it was close. Um, but once this was passed, like I said a little while ago, um, a bunch of teams got to move forward with their negotiations, extensions, and all this other stuff of that nature. Um Team we're going to talk about first uh, is Dallas. Um, they have a very, very tough decision to make. Um, I think four or five year now quarterback Dak Prescott from uh, Texas A&M uh, kind of came in, stole Romo's job, absolutely played his ass off, and and got himself to a point where he can call himself a franchise quarterback. I think. Um, 
Dallas is a, kind of a crossroads. They kind of have to choose between him and Amari Cooper, who, um, you know, I, he, you know, Dallas traded for him about one or two seasons ago, and um, he kind of came in and really gave their offense a constant, and you know, gave Dak that number one target. And um, I, I've noticed that a lot of people are very split on Amari Cooper. What is your opinion on Amari Cooper? I mean, Amari Cooper is definitely um, a receiver you would want on your team. Uh, but, however, I don't think he's elite, you know, top of the league type of talent. So it's one of those where if the money matches the talent, yeah, pay the man. But I think what he's asking versus what he's producing is not matching up. And I think that's causing a lot of discrepancies amongst yeah, teams in the league. Yeah, and I mean, I like Amari Cooper a lot. I mean, I watched him at Bama. I think he's a phenomenal talent. But $20 million a year for a wide receiver, I, I mean, you did a little bit of homework on that. I mean, there are guys around the league that are, I think, better than him that are making less than that. Yeah, I mean, Odell was paid uh, $18 million, which made him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. And I think everyone kind of understood that Odell was a top-tier wide receiver, arguably the best in the league, and still thought eighteen mil was kind of crazy um, to pay a man that much money. Yeah, and I mean – and Amari's Amari is he's a fantastic route runner. He has the speed and he's and he's produced, but he's not the showstopper like Odell. I'll say was because we didn't really see that from Odell this yeah, year. Yeah, I blame that and, on and, Fatty Kitchens. To be honest with you, <laughs> and, and I think he still has, but what he was, um, and what he still could be. I don't think Amari is that yet. Possibly, I feel like he still has a lot left in the tank. I actually did a lot of digging on him once I found out that we were potentially interested in him, and apparently. A lot of people in the Redskins are trying to scout him. You know, I mean, he's Alabama alumni, so of course that's going to happen. But did you know he's only a year older than Terry McLaurin? I didn't. Only I, a year. Yeah. So, I, I mean, in my head, I'll get greedy. I start thinking about all the potential landing spots for everyone and how crazy it could get. Could you imagine one side of Mark Cooper, the other side of Terry McLaurin? I mean, that would be that would be ideal, but does that also mean that, you know, that we don't get – that we have, you know, uh, no one at cornerback? Does that mean we we have? It's uh, definitely gonna that, have a. We, it's gonna be a sacrifice there that, for does sure. That mean we have a bum at you know. Hey, we tackle? had a bum this year. Josh Norman's gone. We're good. We, no, no, we got, no. We got worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but we also won three games. So like, fair there, enough. Yeah, fair there's enough. that argument. Um, yeah. So you you can make that case like, well, wouldn't it be a dream with Amari on one side, Terry on the other? But does that mean when the ball you know switches hands that we have uh, Jimmy Moreland? <laughs> as our premier hey, corner. Man, that so. dude was a stud. Yeah, yeah, I like him, but I don't think he's premier. I think that there are some cheap alternatives we can go, and we'll get into this later when we start talking about free agency a little bit more, but I I feel like there are some ways we can go to where we could get a, a, a I'm not going to say a premier talent at corner, but I'm going to say a talent that could keep our heads above water. And, and yeah, that's definitely... And that's not, all we're trying to do at this point. Yeah, I mean, for real. Honestly. Like, I mean, the last time we paid a guy to be, you know, the man, he got walked out. So, I mean, it, it, it wasn't good. And I mean, you know, and the thing with the whole Lamar situation is, despite them officially announcing today that the salary cap was being set at one hundred ninety-eight point two million, Dallas can't afford to have Mister. I'm not taking a hometown discount, Dak and Amari. So I mean, and I just don't see Dak leaving that building. So Amari is going to be a free agent, and and the fact that the skins of him are linked to me is, while it doesn't make sense on paper and and with the whole money side of it, I mean, we we could afford him. We could afford him. I I. I it's definitely not the smartest idea, but I mean, when is Dan Dan Snyder always tries to be Mr. Offseason Champion himself? I mean, last year he 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 landed landed in a huge deal, but I well, I, according to his comments, Mr. Snyder isn't in charge anymore. It's Ron's team, okay? Oh, and I and I know that can be hard oh. to believe. I know that can be hard to believe, but if that's the case, then then we shouldn't be looking towards that big sign like Amari Cooper that could honestly come back and bite us in the ass, you know. But um, if this is Ron's team. Ron's not making that move. No, he's not. Sorry, guys. Drink a Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, leave it hanging like that. But, um, no, I don't, like, you know. If this is Ron's team, then we'll see. And and I believe it is because, you know, I think I think Mr. Snyder is just as tired as we are of, you know, losing. So, I, I think. Just, I don't feel like we've spent money like that receiver since Garcon and Josh Morgan and D-Jax and. I feel like we're almost long overdue to make a move like that. And I feel like Amari is a lot more of a sure thing than a Paul Richardson, per se. Oh, yeah. Well, tell me this. Are, are you are you trying to make a playoff run next year? I mean, you a Redskin fan, you, yes. You're thinking we're going to Super Bowl. But... My aspirations are never that high. To me, 10 and 6. 10 and 7. <laughs> 10 and <Whoa>. 6 is... <laughs> ten and... <laughs> I told you I didn't like being a person. <laughs> to me, 10 and 6 is like the 
Best case scenario for a Redskins team. I mean, that's what we went in 2012, and you would have thought we won the damn Super Bowl. So I guess you could say our expectations are low, but I mean. So I, are, are, are you, if, if you're expecting 10 and 6 as our absolute high, does that mean that you're, you know, and, and I know I talked about this last week a little bit, like, are you not going to give our receiving core any chance right now? Our really young uh, receiving yeah, core right and, now and you made to, the, to see what they could be. To see what they could be. Like, what, what, I mean, Terry could be the next Amari, and you don't need him. And, you know, um, Steve Sims could be the next, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's just say, like, top ten slot receiver. You know, just, like, you yeah. don't, just don't know right now. Because, like, these guys that are those people now, the Amari Coopers came in and did well in their rookie years and then exploded to become the elite talents that they are. So if we're not expecting, and I know that we want to shoot for the playoffs every single year, and I get that, but if you're looking long-term and, and especially with the holes that we have in this team this year, I think you have to give those guys a chance. Well, and you have to give those guys a chance to develop. and. See you're selling me. I'll give you credit. You're, 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 I'm, I'm biting also, a little bit. I'm, I'm not... You don't think you're being a little bit of a hopeless romantic in a sense? No, I think I, I, I can see. So you're telling me that Kelvin Harmon is a more sustainable starting wide receiver in the NFL than Amari Cooper? No, 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 no. But the holes, man, the, the holes we have on this team, I, I, think, I think we could be okay with our team. And, like, I'm not dis- discarding the fact that we shouldn't attack a receiver at all. I mean, like, K.J. Hill... For example, a guy we've kind of been high on. He's like he's projected like third, fourth round. Yeah, and, and then like we have those picks and could get more. This of those is the picks. greedy side of me wanting to make that big free agency move and be like, oh, and we, I, and we got our guy, we I got understand. our guy. And to me, I mean, Omari hasn't exactly always been stable in his NFL career. I mean, he's been tossed around by three different teams. Um, I, I think Rob Ryan, who's on the herd, um, I mean, take his word with a grain of salt. He was also saying Dwayne Haskins wasn't pro ready. Um, he doesn't look like he's exercise ready either. But um, you know, we can sit here and talk about the bad things about him all day long. But I mean, he says that Amari gives up on routes a lot, and he kind of left Dak hanging in his last seven games. And I, I see those things that people say about him, and I, but I just he's so young, man. And if you could lock him up long term, but like I can't help but just cut forward and envision him being here for one or two seasons and just us trading him. So I mean, you're right. I don't think it's completely worth the investment but i'll certainly be excited if we decided to go that route because i mean you're adding a playmaker to help out Dwayne haskins and i'm never going to be mad about that i mean i think and last year before before i, I hate to cut you off but last year he had his best season statistically he had like 80 receptions like a, over a thousand yards eight touchdowns that's that's as good of a season as he's had since i think his first one or two seasons in oakland so i mean just at that price tag though to me is just the biggest thing yeah i mean i mean that that's kind of bottom line is if he wanted to come in here and make 15 mil, I think it's a little different. It, you know, that's almost a no-brainer. Even if he wanted to, to match Odell and make 18 a year, I think that could highly be considered. But to become the highest paid, you know, wide receiver in the NFL at 20 mil, when there's comments like that coming out, analysts saying that he gives up on routes and leaves his quarterback hanging out to dry. And especially with the Dwayne Haskins, who... We need to have a huge season. Yes. And, we, and the last thing we need is him being the fall man for something that Amari did mid-route that caused it a turnover that costed them the game. Right, and I'm not, and I'm not pinning, you know, Amari as the, the victim here, but, you know, you could, you could see a chain reaction where this team just completely implodes based off of stuff like that. Just, just kind of moves like that where you put all this money into a guy who leaves your sophomore quarterback hanging out to dry – when he's in a year where he really But there are those produce. moments where Amari just plays like a maniac. Like, like right when he first got to Dallas last season, man, or the, whichever season was, the last season, season four, when he first got there, man, I mean, they're, they almost turned into a damn borderline air raid offense. I mean, and he made Dak Prescott look like Phillip Rivers in his prime. I mean, it was it, it was absolutely crazy. It's just very night and day with Amari Cooper. I'm never going to be upset for us getting a player of that caliber because it would certainly be interesting, and I feel like he'd fit in well with the offense and the team. But, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to build a strong foundation here in-house, and we don't really know if going and spending a lot of money in free agency on a position that has seemed kind of almost expendable in the NFL is, is really the best idea. And I, I can't really fault for anybody for being against it. But uh, speaking of spending a lot of money, um, it's looking more most more so like the Redskins are going to miss out on the Austin Hooper um, sweepstakes. Um, so there's apparently three teams that are interested in the former Atlanta Falcons Pro Bowl tight end. Um, one of those teams is us, of course, um, the Redskins. Uh, the other two being the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. So as soon as I heard that Aaron Rodgers had the possibility to um, get Austin Hooper, and I'm sure Austin Hooper heard it simultaneously as I did, he thought the same thing I did. Why the hell would Austin Hooper want to play with Dwayne Haskins over Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it's nothing against Dwayne Haskins, but 
I mean, all Hooper has to do is sign a pen to paper, and he's on a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl last year. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you can't fault him for wanting to go there. Absolutely not. And, you know, Green Bay is in a position like us to pay pay him. And and he wants a success as well. Like his, like like you said, his job could be made a hundred times easier having Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers throwing him passes rather than Dwayne Haskins. He's he's eager to play with him too. I mean he is he almost like got all red faced like a little girl when someone asked him about the other day. He's just saying, Oh Aaron Aaron can do things that just <laughs> other quarterbacks can't do. So he's already got like a semi chub about the thought of going to Green yeah, Bay. And so. this might be looking a little too deeply into it, but are we going to see the decline with uh, Hooper like we did Jimmy Graham? That's a good point. But, I mean, Jimmy Graham's one of those guys where you can kind of – he has like one or two good games a year, and then they just start playing his old highlight of him in New Orleans slam dunking on the goalpost. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, Jimmy Graham's back. So, <laughs> and, I mean and, – And I can't say that I'm a, you know, analyst of Aaron Rodgers' game and, like, I dissect his film because I don't. But is he a tight end thrower? Like, is, is that his guy? That's There's, one thing that I immediately that I I like went to. he's a big slot receiver he's, He doesn't really throw to the tight end a lot. And, I mean, I feel like Hooper is kind of cool with – being a guy that only gets a couple looks a game, but you know he can kind of have that breakout performance every once in a while. And I, and I'm not. I mean, things could change completely. He could go there next season and just be, you know, the next Jermichael Finley over there. But I just, I think he'd get more of a chance to like succeed and put up better, bigger numbers in DC than he would in Green Bay. But I mean, you can't fault the guy for wanting to win a chip. I mean, when Preston Smith went over there, I was like, I, I can't fault him for it. I, I was mad, but I could just couldn't fault him for it. I don't think you can fault anyone in this league for not wanting to come to DC. Yeah, and exactly. Think, you know, and you really can't fault him for wanting to go anywhere because he's definitely not going to freaking Chicago. Though, oh my God, who the hell wants Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball to him? Jesus, yeah, no, rule I, them out. Yeah, that that could be a wrong move for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if I was in this position, I think you could agree with me on this as well. Is is let's go, let's go, go to Green Bay and play with a Rod. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And and you know, even though the tampering period doesn't start doesn't start till tomorrow. You know for a fact that people are having conversations. You know Haskins is telling Hooper behind closed doors, hey, man, come to D.C., bro. We'll build something great here. And, but, you and know. Everyone's going to tell him that. Yeah, exactly. So that means nothing. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. But it's really where where he wants to go. Does he want to get his chip in Green Bay, get a, get a ring? Or does he want to build something in D.C.? Quite frankly, it's up to him. Both teams are in a good spot. You know, they just cut Jimmy Graham like we said. And, you know, we let uh, Davis, Vernon Davis retire and we cut Jordan Reed. So both teams have the space for it. It's really just up to Austin Hooper. But if I was him, it's kind of a no-brainer. Unless you grew up a Redskins fan like Landon Collins did last year because everyone's like, why the hell would Landon Collins come to the Redskins? Well, he's been a Redskins fan his whole life. I don't think Austin Hooper has that undying loyalty to the Washington Redskins organization and he wants to play with Aaron Rodgers and you know, win a Super Bowl. I can't, I can't fault him for that. So if that means we're out on the Hooper seat sweepstakes, it is what it is. But I will say if we had the – if we had to choose – which of these two offensive weapons uh, you could just sign a big money? You only pick one. Would you rather have an Amari Cooper like we were just talking about, or would you rather have an Austin Hooper? If we're talking the big money like we like we are, I would say Amari Cooper just purely based on. So you don't think Hooper's worth the contract he's asking for? Well, how much is he asking? I, roughly fifteen to seventeen million for a tight end, making him the highest paid in the league. I know Henry, Hunter Henry just got tagged. Um, thank God, because I think we dodged a bullet there. But he, um, he might not be worth that much, but he might be worth that much to us. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that a good point. Sense. No, no, that's a great point. And, you know, like, but at the same time, there are other guys around the league. I, I hate to cut you off when you're trying to answer this question, but another guy around the league that I feel like could be a cheap alternative is maybe Delaney Walker from Tennessee. I mean, he's a guy that was there for, uh, I, I don't know exactly how long, I think it was a couple seasons. And, and, you know, he dealt with some injury bugs, but when he was on the field, it was very productive. And I feel like he's a guy that I'm cool with him coming to D.C. because he's getting thrown around there, of course, because he's a released player in the NFL. Uh, shout out. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Sean. Um, he 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 calls me out every single time I tweet about you know the Redskins signing someone who just got released. He's always like, oh, just because somebody gets released, cut or trade or whatever it is, that doesn't mean they're gonna be a Washington Redskin. He's right about that. But it's all I, about the conversation. Yeah, Sean. It's, it's about the conversation, Sean. Jesus, man. <laughs> I I just I I don't know what to say about it other than that. You know, I mean, I'm cool with Delaney Walker coming in and having like a Vernon Davis kind of role, like a mentorship. You know, that guy you can kind of put in on rotation. You can you know give him some looks every now and then. I, I feel like he'd be good for that. But like, I, and and Hooper's very reliable. That's another thing about him that I think was alluring, and I wouldn't mind giving him the big money. Is that he can stay on the field. So, I there. You know, now that I think about it, if I had to make that decision, I probably would pick Amari as well. I just think it makes too much sense on paper. I, I have nothing against Hooper, but at the end of the day, I mean, having a dynamic receiver like Amari against a tight end that, you know, really probably doesn't even want to be here. He's just here for the money, and you he doesn't really make any of these flashy plays that those normal big – I feel like almost that Hooper is capitalizing off the market – 
Because I, I don't even know, like, a lot of people would even consider him a top five tight end. No, I, I, I don't think I would either. But it reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins, <laughs> if we're being honest with ourselves here. Well, I think another part to look at, and we're, you know, if you want to compare, uh, like, an Amari signing versus a um, Hoover signing is, I think, and, and I know I'm putting way too much bread in the basket of our wide receiver core because they all will be just second years, and, you know, Kelvin Harmon could possibly be a starter, and I don't know if he's the future, but... One thing I would like to say about it all is, like, I think you could almost say that our – for the Washington Redskins, you could say that the receiving core is semi-established. Yeah. When it comes to the tight end group, we have nothing. We have zip. Nothing. Ground zero. Zip. We've got nothing. And there are there there are some great tight end prospects that are looking to go third, fourth round. And, th- and that's something a lot of people aren't talking about. And, and that's – Yeah, and, and I think – How do you feel about the wide receivers is kind of how I feel about the tight ends, if that makes any sense. You want to you want to attack more of the the draft. Yeah, I, I feel I like would, there are cheaper options there, and I feel like we don't have to make a splash. Yeah, but no, I mean, the only issue I, I see, and, and it might not be an issue, but I think if you want to pick a negative out of you know getting a, a tight end in the um out of the draft is this guy's coming in with with nothing really. You know, yeah. this is he he's gonna be a day one starter, which could be great. But he's got Jeremy Sprinkle as his veteran mentor. Hale Hinges, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just... You're only here Alabama fans even acting like he's a remotely accountable household name. I would I would almost rather go venture the route of uh, signing tight end, drafting receiver. And that's that's purely based on the, the veteran leadership, the, the depth, if you will, that we have in that... Um, in those positions right now. And even if you sign a guy like a Delaney Walker, you know, you're not giving him Austin Hooper money. So, I mean, you can, you have room to kind of wiggle there and, and add somebody else to that equation Absolutely. however you want. So, But um, <laughs> speaking of players that we don't really need um, and, and linking um, players that were released to the Redskins just because of Ron Rivera or them being released is um, former um, Panthers uh, right outside linebacker Thomas Davis is being linked to the Redskins because, like I just said, Ron Rivera. Um People are saying that we could possibly bring him in, sign him to a deal, and he could, you know, join the Redskins on defense. I, I'm not for this. I, I mean, I know we tried to sign Greg Olson, and um, it, everybody's kind of familiar with, uh, or everybody wants to believe that there's this concept in the building of you want to have familiar faces, guys that Ron's been around, and you want to kind of build what the the good part of the Carolina Panthers cultures that they had. You want to build that in D.C. and you want Ron to be comfortable. You want to have guys that he's comfortable around and guys that are comfortable around him. I get that, but. To me, this has just about as much substance as the whole Luke Keekley could be on our coaching staff. That's right. Mentality, you know, I, that's just it's kind of ludicrous to me. I I don't understand why everybody who ever gets cut from Carolina that was there under the Rivera regime is automatically going to be a Redskin or is a perfect fit for us. I, I just, I mean, let's just let's keep it a buck. Davis is thirty six. He was released only after one season with the Chargers. No disrespect to him, dude. I mean, he's a great pro, but I feel like we're good at linebacker. I feel like it's kind of an unnecessary signing. Signing and you know, but I mean, on the other side of the spectrum, some people are comparing it to the AP signing, saying it could be something of that caliber of you know, it, it could pay off. You know, in the four three scheme with with Del Rio, and you, he could add a lot to the locker room. You know, he's won Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's he's certainly a guy that could lead a lot of the younger players in the locker room the right way. And I, I feel like, you know, if it ended up paying dividends like the AP thing, I feel like it it would be worth it in the long run. But like as of right now. As an urgent signings, things to make the team better right now, I don't feel like Thomas Davis is at the top of that. The difference between the AP signing and this is that AP was a legend. At Fair? He was a legend. <laughs> no, I said no disrespect, but no. We're just, we got we to gotta keep it a bunk here on the Capitol Podcast. I'm I sorry. He, and I'm a huge Thomas Davis fan. I, I loved him when he was in Carolina. and I and He, he was he, a beast, man. He and Keekly, I absolutely loved. But who watched him last year? I mean, he didn't even have, like, that bad of a season. But, like, at what point were you watching a Chargers game and it was like, oh, my God, Thomas Davis. I mean, I said that all the time when you play in Carolina. Chargers game. Uh, exactly. <laughs> there are fans when you watch them. Jesus Christ. But, no, like, the, the the difference is that AP was a legend before, you know, he got up in age. So, of course, like, he's not what he was, but he's still great. Thomas he was a, Davis, cheap, a cheap deal, too. Yeah, and Thomas Davis is older than AP. And yeah, and that's and, and we're already acting like AP is a walking relic. Yeah, he might like Thomas Davis might as well be a dinosaur in NFL years. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just and and I love Thomas Davis, but he is a hard nosed run stopper, just tearing that up. And and he has his fair share of interceptions and and you know big time plays out in the open field. But this league is really moving to these kind of like dual threat linebackers. If yeah, you will, and, that can and he's cover, up in age. It's like. Can, 
they can cover and stop the run. And, and that was never Thomas Davis's game. And like you said, he's up in age. And I think that speed factor. We don't need London Fletcher on the problem. field. And, and players of that caliber who, who are like that in that stage of their career, like a Mason Foster, are just in this NFL dead weight on the field. I mean, that's kind of why we're trying to bring back maybe a John Bostic who's going to, you know, attack the quarterback, attack anybody who comes in the flats, be good in pass coverage, cover those really fast tight ends. We need somebody who's going to be like a hybrid, and you know we're hoping Ruben Foster gets healthy again. And like you said, at one point in his career, Thomas Davis could do all these things. But the, like you just said, the guy's older than Adrian Peterson. Like To expect him to come out on the field and, and be able to catch up with a lot of these younger guys, and I'm sure if he heard us saying this, he'd be like, oh, you damn young bucks don't know what the hell I got. I've done this for so long, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But at the end of the day, Thomas Davis was a household name. He's not a household name anymore. And he's not someone that I feel like the Redskins need just need to whip out the checkbook for him. Like, all right, here's a blank check. Real quick, all love to London Fletcher. 59 for life, man. Yeah, yeah, no disrespect to London That, that kind of got me a little bit. For, I don't even know what you said because my mind went blank after you said we don't need London Fletcher. I would love uh, London look, Fletcher. Look, look, look. All I'm saying is, is that in this NFL, do you personally think that London Fletcher could keep up with Christian McCaffrey? No, God, no. shut up. I love, I love you, London. Hit <laughs> me up, man. Hey, man, me. I love you, too. You actually responded to me on Twitter one time. It kind of blew me away. But it's no disrespect to you, man, but the NFL, everybody's getting faster, stronger, smarter, everything. I mean, everybody's evolving. So it's, it's no disrespect against him, but, like, I, I feel like we're good enough middle linebacker right now that we're, we really don't have to go out and desperately sign a veteran to fill a void. Now, it, the, like I said, from the locker room leadership aspect, I'm all cool for it, but... Unless it's really, unless that's really the main reason for it, I really don't think it's necessary. But nothing's official yet. We don't know if there's any. We don't know if the interest is mutual. Like I said, it was just all speculations about fans being like, "Oh, he played for Rivera. That means he's gonna come to us." So, yeah, I think I think that's just BS, man. Like that's that's not what we were attempting to do. We weren't we weren't attempting to be the eight and eight, you know, Carolina Panthers who might have a fifteen and one season where you know we're different. It's yeah, exactly. We might have Rivera, but yeah, it's not I'm cool it. with a couple of former Panthers guys here and there. Um, I'm also speaking of former Panthers guys. Um, turns out that the reports of James Bradbury initially were not accurate. Um, the uh, now former uh, Carolina Panthers cornerback James Bradbury, who kind of filled in and stepped in for Josh Norman once Josh decided to sign with the Washington Redskins on that five-year monster contract that we're still reaping to this day. Um, the the not the new report stating that um he's a lot more interested in us than we are in him. Um. That's not how it seemed at first, but if that is the way that it is, I'm kind of in agreement with the Redskins on this. I don't feel like us overpaying a guy who's coincidentally also from Carolina coming over, and I just don't agree in giving James Bradbury all that money. He's had to shadow and cover like elite receivers in the NFL, especially in that division, and he's made the best of a lot of the situations that were put in front of him. But at the same time, I don't think James Bradbury deserves shutdown corner money. Absolutely not. And, you know, we talk about he probably does seem he probably does see Washington as very, you know, exciting offer because he probably sees what we paid his boy Josh Norman. And like <laughs> Josh just hits him up, hey, man, I know I'm in Buffalo now, but you got to come over here, dude. They're idiots. They'll, yeah. they'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> but I mean, Josh was better than what James is than he was when, when, when we paid him that much money. And if, if you know, James is looking for that much money, he's not going to get it with us. And. I mean, and, and like we said, unless not, we like him that much, and and I don't think we should. I don't think we should either. And I, like I said, I James Bradbury was never really in the con- anyone's conversation for top tier cornerbacks in the NFL, especially in this free agency class. I feel like a lot of it, like for example, had Rivera not come to DC, do you think that we would care as much about Bradbury? No. I, yeah, and, and and to me, if that's the whole narrative, then you're not trying to recruit or have a player on your team for the right reasons. That's that dude. So. That's perfect. That that's put to bed. Yeah, exactly. That is so, put to bed. No. If, if that's if that's what's happening here, I'm cool with it. I mean, unless he wants to take a little bit of a pay cut to come over, I'm way more of a Kendall Fuller guy. Um, Me it, too. Bro. It, it says I'm going to segue into that. Yeah, whatever, hokey. Um, I'm going to segue into that a little bit. We we'll have a little bit of fun. Um, so this time next week when we're recording the next pod, and we've actually made some signings. What are three signings that you personally? believe now we'll go back and this is documented so we'll be able to listen to what we thought was going to happen after what actually happened what are three signings that you believe the redskins are going to make this week free agency class yes um i I can go ahead and start off with my three if you want me to i it's my gut's telling me amari cooper it's such a dan snyder signing i and i know earlier we were talking about the money and it's 
But I mean, when has Dan Snyder ever cared about the money? I mean, it's it's well documented that he's reckless with his checkbook. So, um, and like we just said, I'd love to have a Kendall Fuller. You know, guy got shipped out of here in the Alex Smith trade, and I I've been kind of butthurt about it ever since. And I mean, dude, look, when okay, when has there ever been a better time for Kendall Fuller to come back to the Redskins? Super Bowl champion, game winning interception in the Super Bowl could have been Super Bowl MVP just because of that. Great young slot corner. I mean, just great gun corner in general, to be honest with you. You know, and even Bashar Breeland is a guy that people are throwing around. I'm not all for that. I mean, he's about as good at being a corner as he is rapping. Um, but Kendall Fuller is definitely on my list. Um, a, a name is getting thrown in a lot and getting linked to us by per a couple sources is Jack Conklin, who's the starting right tackle for the um, Tennessee Titans. You know, the last couple seasons he was he was a stud man, and he still is a stud now. One thing I did not know about him, I went and digged up a little bit of stuff, did, watched some tape on him. He played left tackle in college at uh, Michigan State, and um, he was. Pretty damn good, and it kind of surprises me that he played right tackle for the Titans. But, you know, it, it, to me, that's versatility right there, or versatility for sure. I mean, y- you can move him around a little bit. You know, he's a great run blocker. Hell, he's a great pass blocker too. You know, he's been to the Pro Bowl before, so he's in Tennessee. You know, it may have been a couple seasons ago, but, I mean, he still has value, younger guy. You know, I, I feel like if we were to trade away Trent Williams, you can immediately plug in Jack Conklin left tackle. It would definitely be a little bit of an acclimation period, of course, because of him playing right tackle in Tennessee for a couple seasons. But he's shown that he can do it, and, you know, I feel like he would definitely be a great plan B for sure. I mean, even a plan A, you know, if, if you're all against letting Trent come back at this point. But, you know, with those three signings, you know, I, I think our big dumb money move could be Amari. I think it will be Amari. I think our help in the secondary could definitely be your Kendall Fuller, maybe draft somebody in the, you know, during the draft, maybe a Bryce Hall, maybe make kind of a, a, a another little signing in free agency of a guy that's got a lot of upside. But, and I think that Jack Conklin is a very vital part of this trio because he can come in and kind of fill that room's void. And he's actually asking for a lot less money than Trent is as well, which is definitely a key factor. So who are some guys you're looking at? I I kind of agree on the same page where you're just Kendall a lot. As barbaric as it seems with the fact that he just won a Super Bowl in Kansas City and then he would just come back to the team that traded him away for Alex Smith, I, that's almost hard to believe. It's, it's almost like it's destiny. It, it, I know that sounds kind and of And it important. also could kind of seem like it would be the last thing to happen. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. But my hopes are high. That's probably a very... That's going to be a weird confrontation between Alex Smith and Kendall Fuller if he comes back. I don't think so. I don't hey, think man. So. Uh, hey, dude. They sacrificed for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it would be like that, but that would be kind of crazy. But um, I think I'm going to keep my hopes out on Hooper. I think. I don't want to give him up either, man. And I, 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 think I, I'm gonna keep I respect you. Out, man. And, I respect and, you for and, that. I don't know, man. It, it's so hard to speculate. I know that's kind of our job is to kind of assume and, and speculate and, and kind of almost guess. Just, I mean, it, I mean that's really what we're doing is guessing. I mean, you know, who would have thought today that Calais Campbell would have been traded from the Baltimore? Yeah. I mean, traded and, from and the that's why it's so, that's why it's so hard. It's yeah. always you got all these guys that do this for a living, man, and they sit here and they speculate and they talk and they talk and they talk and they say they have sources and they say that they're talking to all these people, but then when 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 this time of year comes around, th- these guys go to teams that they weren't even talking about. Yeah. Because I mean, we don't even really know, you know. I mean, Tom Brady said that today. Well, you know, of course after the. Titans made the egregious error of re-signing Ryan Tannehill, a.k.a. the guy who gave Derrick Henry the ball during the playoffs, to that huge deal. You know, Brady came out and said, you know, whoever's telling you what that they know what's going on with me and my situation, they don't know anything. And he's right. We don't know anything, you know? And, you know, I mean, there's definitely some names that we can throw around there. Um, I know it's hard for you to conjure some up. I mean, shit, it was hard for me to even make three of them. So, But some names that I, I, I think we can kick around the can on are um, safety from Carolina. <laughs> Trey Boston, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he played for the Cardinals as well. He's he's kind of a floater, kind of like a DJ Swearinger, you know, a guy that, like, he's a plug-and-play safety. And I think that he's definitely a more viable option than freaking Monte Nicholson, for God's sake. And Troy Apke. I mean, you know, white boy white boy can run, but I just, I, I have no, I know you're high on him. I know you're high on him. But I, Troy Apke. You crazy? No, you were you were hyping this dude up. I swear, You're crazy. It must have been somebody no, else. It must have been but, the other boy. Man. Yeah, it was the other. My bad, my bad. Um, another former Carolina player, but he played for Indy last year. I don't want to say played more, so he just stole sixteen, eighteen million dollars from them. Devin Funches, huge kid, huge kid. I want to say he's like six four, six five, humongous, great hands. One of his biggest issues is that he can't stay on the field, and you know he has a tough time learning the playbook. But we don't really have, and I'm not saying any of our receivers are like malnourished and look horrible because I mean Terry's not exactly a small guy but I mean we don't really have those like big possession like go up and get it kind of guys and that's tough 
to still not have a tight end, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Like, what are you doing in the red zone now? And that was something that everybody talked about. Devin Funches when he came out of college was like, would you possibly talk, would you possibly play tight end? I mean, it's not crazy. Dude's got the frame for it. But I mean, he's been a pretty solid receiver in the league. You know, his 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 tenure in um Indy was a one year um deal, and you know, like I say, he got her over there. But when he was in Carolina, he definitely made some plays with Cam for sure. Um. Another guy that everybody's kind of looking at a little bit when it comes to the whole safety side of the ball is uh, Carl Joseph. He played for the Oakland Raiders. I remember he played at West Virginia. He was a ball hawk man. Little guy, great tackler, great football instincts, but it just things never got going for him in Oakland. I mean, he was there during kind of the dysfunctional tenure. Uh, I think it was like Del Rio's last season right before Gruden got there. I mean, shit, Gruden's first year could be kind of classified as a you know bad tenure. Um, but, I mean, Carl Joseph is a guy I think he'd be a cheaper option, and I feel like it wouldn't be a bad – thing to pursue a player like that of that caliber so um the last name i got on my list is a guy that i don't i, I think is the closest thing to a sure thing you can get at when in, in regards to all of these signings is Kenyon drake you know a, a guy that was absolutely rotting away on that just god awful miami dolphins team this season um, i mean you know and, and, and they were not really giving him a lot of looks you know came from alabama he, he was pretty solid there and you know like i said he wasn't doing much and um so they traded him to the Arizona Cardinals. They traded for him. They kind of put him in that um that that freaking phenomenal offense over in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, and he got it going, man. I think he scored like four touchdowns in his last game. So I mean, he he he's an absolute ball player, man. I mean, and and, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong. And, and take AP out of the equation, but there's nothing wrong with us going and getting a younger guy that's proven that he's durable, he's productive, he can stay on the field, and just a, more of a constant that isn't you know. 30-something-year-old Adrian Peterson. I think it'd be cool to add to the, the equation, especially on a team-friendly deal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't – I kind of feel like I'm kind of, you know, playing a record over and over again, but um, don't know if running back is what position we really need to focus I, on right yeah, now. Yeah, and that's why and I was, I, the, that was, why I was at the bottom like, of the list. Like, we, like we, like you can talk about, oh, Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, Bryce Love. Well, really just now it's – Adrian Peterson. Thank you. Thank and, you. And, and that's so, the only reason he was even on my list. Right. And, like, so in that regard, you're right. But, you know, you know, what crazy thing happens to AP and you're out of – you're down running back and you're just in the same position. And Guy's just proven he cannot stay on the field. And Bryce Love's in his pretty much rookie season. Yeah, but I think I think you can still look at those guys and say, okay, maybe not a check sheet, but maybe like an asterisk. Okay, let's go get cornerback. Let's go get tight end. And honestly, like, safety was a thing that is kind of getting overlooked a lot. Like, yeah, and that, you don't and, even think about safety and, yeah, you could attack it safety in the draft but I think they take like everything do. else in the draft? I think that's what they're going to do I think they're going to take a guy in the third round or fourth round because I think that's something we ignored last year I wanted uh DeAndre uh Johnson that got Alabama last year there, there were plenty of guys late in the draft last year or even mid-round that I thought would have been great you know pickups for us for sure and, and I agree with you I mean safety's position is totally getting ignored you know I mean Monte Nicholson's proven this year that he's not reliable he he can't play clean football and he can't stay out of trouble off the field and Troy Epke you know like I said elite speed you know, he's a great athlete, but I mean, just none of them are answers. And we've already got another guy on the other side of the field in Landon Collins that has proven that he's a great safety and that he's not somebody we'd worry about. And we have him locked up for a very long time. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I, it, it, we can't ignore safety forever. And I feel like we've done it for a really long time. So hopefully that we, we acknowledge that either via the draft or hopefully free agency this season. We for definitely sure. need a ball hawk back there, man. Cause like Land- Landon's, other than a Landon, stud. Yeah. Landon's a stud, but he's definitely more come up. Stop the Definitely, run. Yeah, he's a box short, safety. Short Sorry, tackle. guys. Landon Collins is a box safety. <laughs> I know he doesn't like to hear that, but at the end of the day, it's true. Look at his statistics. He led all NFL tackles. He led he led uh, NFL in um, tackles for a safety. I I mean, it's it, it is what it is. So, like you said, we need that ball hawk. We need that guy that's going to be. And I'm not saying Landon's not a field general, but we need that guy. Like he said, it's going to be a ball hawk. Go up and get it. Force turnovers in the air and do what he needs to do. So I think the conversation has pushed this way over the last two weeks, where it seems like bottom line, we need a lot of guys. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, the checklist is long. We yeah. can make like a four-hour pod about this if we wanted. to. <laughs> I think instead of a March Madness bracket, we should do like a free agency attack. Like, guess who's coming? Type of. This is pretty much it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, we're just kind of throwing it all out there. Um, but free agency starts this uh, Wednesday at four p.m. Um, I'll be at work, but man, I'll be watching that TV hard if I can. <laughs> I will not be at work because you boys out of a job now. Hey, Thank man, you, Corona. You, you get <laughs> Thanks, coronavirus. Um, draft isn't for another six weeks, though. Um, coronavirus pending. <laughs> or coronavirus willing. Um, so, yeah, uh, Chris will definitely be on the page a lot more. I'll try to be on the page a lot more. This week is going to be absolutely nuts. We're going to try to bring you guys up to the minute news in regards to Redskins activity and free agency this week. And like I said, that starts uh, 4 p.m., 
Um, I do know that the tampering period starts tomorrow. Uh, we're recording uh, March 15th, Sunday. And uh, that the tampering period starts tomorrow, Monday, March 16th. I don't know exactly what time. Who really cares? I mean, teams are already tampering anyway. It's just they haven't got caught yet. Or they never really get caught. But the news is going to be coming fast, guys. And it's going to be coming in a lot. And, you know, it's teams are going to be making moves. I mean, like we said, the Ravens did with today with Glaze Campbell. And Bills signed Josh Norman earlier this week. But um, starting tomorrow and really the rest of the week, the craziness is going to begin, like you said, March Madness. So yeah, but, I'm excited, man. Oh yeah, I man. mean, nothing else to do. So yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, no, I, I am excited. I think everyone else is too. So uh, uh, we got to hope for those big moves, man. I think this team needs kind of a spark, and 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 Ron is it for sure. But I think we're still still wanting more, man. We Can't need to add enough. more pieces, man. We got we got to get a little. Yeah. More. We got to just build our foundation. Absolutely. And. I mean, this time next week. I mean, hopefully, Trent's on another team. We don't have to deal with about deal with it any of it anymore. To be honest, I mean, I'm just I'm so burnt out from it, dude. As you can tell, I mean, I I think this time next week you're looking at I'm not gonna say a completely different Washington Redskins team, but definitely a a different one, one that we're going into the beginning of the week with. So, anybody's excited for change. I think all the fans are excited for it. Um, but so in closure, you know, we're excited for free agency, dude. Um, Chris, anything you want to add? Yeah, man, it's just it's gonna be a tough week for sports fans, man. It's it's uh unfortunate with everything going on but we're gonna get through it and and i think the best way to do that is just kind of you know, stay busy so so add us on twitter and, and dm us and ask us questions just you know start a conversation piece man we'll we'll definitely be involved and and we'll definitely enjoy it so yeah man we love talking to you guys you know we try to talk to you as much as we can like i said had to shout out raw uh sean on the pod here for his hot take he had at me so uh, i'll admit when i'm right i'll admit when i'm wrong um, like i said we just love the conversation and and like chris just said you know any questions you guys have for the mailbag pod this upcoming week and the good the bad the ugly the the smart the dumb it doesn't matter send it our way and we'll try to read them all on the episode so um um just want to say guys wash your hands be safe praying for everybody hope everything works out um be safe and be smart and let the nfl hunger games begin this has been the capitol hill podcast the redskins podcast for the people by the people